You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. I'm Tubes, and that is Super Joey Cole. How are you, Joe? Hello, geezer. Lovely to have you. Lovely to have you. What's that? If it, for like, if you're one of my team and I'm managing you, this is your opportunity, son. We're on the sideline. Yeah. You're, you're on now. Out, you're big out Tom. A substitute. <laughs> Listen, young lad, you just come up for the youth team. Make it count. Make an impact on this interview, all right? <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try. I'm trying to do a big Tom D proud. How you been? You back on the golf course. Back on the golf course, uh, might as well just, yeah, my, my good pal Terry Ellis got an absolute whooping yesterday. Yeah, it was, tell. yeah. Oh, it was embarrassing. It was, it was Did like, I was just, just, you know, like, I'm so focused that I just kept just stunning it down the middle, like 120 yards, 150 yards, but you're nicking points when you're as bad as me doing that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was good, mate. Buzz, just, just happy to be out oh, in the fresh just, air. It's, like, it's, it's amazing. Man. What about you? Um, yeah, a few Shank Lampards off the uh, tee, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, it's so good for the mind to get out there. A few uh, Shanky to Tories, yeah? <laughs> a few Shanky to Tories <laughs> off the old tee. Uh, but, yeah, enough about golf. Uh, let's talk about today's show, mate. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, with uh, whether Gareth Bale and Wales will make it to the World Cup and also how not to get relegated. we got the main man for that. Absolutely. Should we get him out? Let's get him out. With over a thousand games uh, in English football across uh, all four divisions, uh, and he's never ever been relegated. It's Tony Pulis. Tony, how are we doing? Yeah, fine, thank you. Yeah, it's been a lovely day down here in on the south coast, um, and it's nice speaking to you. Absolutely. Um, are you missing management? Um, at the moment, no. I, you know, I think it's been difficult. I think the managers, you know, having had that sm- uh, short spell at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, without crowds, you know, without the atmosphere, with all the, the regulations that you have to abide to, um, you know, it's really difficult. And I've got great respect for the managers, the players and you know, the people at football clubs who have, you know, have, have done a, a wonderful job over that period of time to keep, keep the game going, to keep uh, the entertainment going, which has been important for, for you know, the public um, in this country. And um, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's different um, and something that uh, I experienced over a short, it was a short period of time at Sheffield Wednesday, but I experienced it and it, it is completely different to, to the normal. What did you find, Tom? But that's, when you was having to motivate the players, what was, what did you do differently? Did you did you change your management style with when there was no no crowds in there? What, well, what? I, 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 uh, first game was at Norwich and, and you know, you've been to, to Norwich, Joe, you're right close to the to the crowd and the, the dugout is almost, you know, you're sitting next to the first row or you're standing up, you know, to the next row mm. and you always get uh, one or two Herberts giving you a little bit of stick <laughs> and a little bit of banter um, and, you know, it, it's part of the game and then, you know, I walk out, you get so wrapped up in it, you walk out and then there's an empty stadium. You know, they're, they're, I yeah. think we had 2,000 people. I think it was the one game that they, they allowed some people in. But there's only 2,000 people there. And Carroll Road's got a wonderful atmosphere. You yeah. know, so it's a, uh, a fantastic football club. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, their season ticket holders, they're, they're the way they sell their club, 
you know, is, is fabulous. Um, and to walk out and not have those herberts behind yeah. me give me some stick. You're looking around thinking, where are they? You know, where's, <laughs> where's the banter going to come Could from I- today? Do you know, um, Tom, you know the word Herbert, right? You know, yeah. right. So, you know, Martin Patterson, my pal, are you coached? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That word lives on in my friends because of you, right? Because playing with Pato, I've not heard the word. I don't, we didn't, I wasn't something that was used in London, you little Herbert. And I was playing with Pato. What a great who, word. Yeah. Tony, Tony used to call him the Herbert, right? At Stoke, right? And we're playing and he's, and this centre half smashed him. And I'm on the pitch, and he's gone to he's gone to the guy. Oi, watch yourself! You're only a little fucking Herbert. And I've just got the giggles because this American kid's gone. What? What are you doing? And then ever since, for two years, I, could, I said, where'd you get that from? He went, well, Tony used to call me a Herbert when he was coaching me at Stoke. So it lives on. Bring that word back. I love it. The great, the great story. The great story with Pato. I gave Pato his debut. I he's most probably told you, Joe. Yeah. He was, a, you know, he's a big Stokey. He's a great lad, enthusiastic, run all day. You know, technically at times was a bit erratic, but would score goals and his energy yeah. and his pace and his willingness um, to work was, was absolutely fantastic. I think we were playing Leeds away from home and I'd uh, worked with the team on the Thursday and I'd told him, you know, that uh, he had a really, really good chance of playing, either starting or coming on and sub. And the next day he came in and I don't know if he's ever told you this, he's... he's he dyed his hair red and white. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm one of those managers who don't want anybody to be different in the team. I want, always wanted my, you know, the team came first. It was not, you know, I didn't want any focus on one individual. And I pulled him. He was a young kid. He's 16, 17 years of age, whatever he was. And I said, Pato, get home and get your hair cut. Get <laughs> bloody, out of your head. You're bloody Herbert. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you ain't playing. And that's most probably why, from that point onwards, he became one of the Herberts. Yeah, but, no, that's uh, it. Joe, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful lad. And yeah, he's, um, you know, he's uh, obviously got a good career over there or made made himself yeah. into a, uh, a good coach, good player, good coach now, Anthony yeah. tells me. Um, yeah. And he loves his football, Joe. Oh, yeah. Loves yeah, his I mean, football. listen, he takes a lot from you, Tony. We talked a lot about coaching because we was on the coaching staff together at the end at Tampa. <laughs> And he um he he learnt a lot from you. And he I'll tell you one story, I don't know how much this he says when, he said he was there the day that you discovered Rory Delap could throw the ball. Yeah. Was that oh. right? He said he said he's never seen a man so excited in his life. I can remember it, but they were they were I think they were a lot of the lads were throwing their overarm and it was yeah. a competition. Who could get it past the far post? Overhand, yeah, one hand, yeah. just picking it up and throwing it. And all of a sudden, Delap comes from nowhere and throws it about 20 yards past the far post. <laughs> and I'm looking at Kempy and I've gone, where's that come from? Did, did no one know at all? Did no one have any inkling? No, that no, yeah. no. You, you speak to Harry. Harry had Rory. He, he didn't even know he could do it. <laughs> and um, I just pulled him and just said, Rory, where have you got that from? And he said, oh, I was county champion in javelin <laughs> and I've got he's got something to do with his shoulders a uh, uh, loose or whatever and he, he can get yeah. that he could get that um, you know that balance where he could throw it flat as flat as he possibly could and as long as he could and it was a fantastic weapon for us oh, absolutely fabulous yeah. fabulous fabulous uh, uh, Tony you mentioned Bournemouth uh, there in the previous conversation and that's where you finished your playing career wasn't it and you played under Harry Redknapp yeah. What was that like? 
Uh, well, I, I, Harry was a, a, a fantastic coach. You know, people talk about Harry. But when I first met Age, when I first went into Bournemouth, Harry would put coaching sessions on. And they were always, you know, obviously been very fortunate to work at West Ham with John Lyle mm. um, uh, and Ron Greenwood, who were, who were two top, top English coaches. And he, you know, he, he would talk um, and put on little drills, crossing and finishing drills, um, you know, pass and moving drills that, that, you know, I hadn't seen before, and which, you know, excited me. I, th- I thought H was a, was a real, real top coach. As he's gone on in it, or as he went on in his management, and obviously still being in touch with Harry, I think when he left Bournemouth and went to West Ham, and then he worked with the top players, I think those top players could work, well, Joe's worked with him, that those top players could work out the, or work the problems out without Harry having to tell them. Whereas with us at the time, we were, when we won the league, won the third division championship, um, the first year I was at Bournemouth with H, you know, he, he, he would, you know, he'd, he'd work with the team, he'd work with the group, he'd work with us individually and was very, very good. Good coach, good coach. And every, every single footballer I speak to, I always, they always have a Harry Redknapp story. Um, <laughs> I've got so, millions of them, but I can't tell you, please. <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. Tony Pierce, what's your Harry Redknapp story? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll tell you what. Um, I actually left, went to Gillingham, then came back to Bournemouth with Harry, um, and then became first team coach. And we used to drive up the motorway. We, you know, we'd, we'd go up. He'd, he'd say, "Right, we're going off to a game on, on." You know, we'd go and watch Millwall reserves on a tube, on a Monday afternoon. We'd train at ten o'clock, jump in the car, get up to Millwall for two o'clock, watch a game there, and then go back across to Stamford Bridge and watch Chelsea in the evening. So we'd watch a game o'clock and a game. You know, this is when videos weren't about. This is where managers had to get out on the road, and we we would. Um, and I'm talking about everybody in that at that period. The way you would find out about teams or players, you'd have to get in your car and drive and watch them. You know the, the amount of work that we did um, without the you know obviously the stuff that they've got today. So we'd go up and and we'd have a Harry would have a little I'd have a little game of H and um, you know we used to have those uh, what were the directories called you know with all the football stats in all the football players every team um, but you know the big books. Oh, oh right, were they Rothmans? The Rothman books, yeah. football books. And H would always have one in the car. And he'd, pick a, he'd say, pick <laughs> a book up, pick a name, and I'll tell you the team. And yeah? he'd do it. And he really? wouldn't. He, he knew. He, honestly, Joe, he, he taught me. What he taught me was the product in, your, in my industry, which I went on to play or, or went on to, to become a manager. The product, the most important product is players. And yeah. if you know players and you know where they are and you can get them, then you'll be successful. And he taught, he taught, he taught me that very, very well. I was still coaching then. I was still working as a first-team coach with him. He was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, H has gone on to obviously managing the Premier League and he's gone on and done that thing in the jungle. You know, he's Mr. Jungle or whatever he is. And he's <laughs> gone and done this and gone and done that. But every time I speak to him, and I bumped into him a couple of days ago down... Uh, down um, uh, the front, um, he was walking his dog down there and we had a good chat. Well, we always have 20 minutes, 30 minutes chat whenever we bump into one another. I always say to him, you know, over a thousand games, I think H managed. He took well, well, Tottenham to a semi-final European Cup. The great team he had at Tottenham, um, you know, they finished in the top four. 
Everybody talks about him being the jungle man now. <laughs> no, not Joe. Nobody talks yeah, about I him. I know. With his football. And I he, know. He, he, Harry's football nuts. I know. You know, he, he still sits. And if there's a game on in the afternoon or early evening, he'll watch that one. And he'll watch the next one. Then he'll watch the third one. You know, he's an absolute football nut. But but if 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 you if you speak to people, Joe, there's yeah. so many people now outside who think who see Harry as something else, yeah, than what he is. For us, you work with him. Yeah, he's he's absolute football crazy. I'm glad you said that, Tony, because like people see Harry and they they you know people say, but you know I, he hates it. A wheeler did. They didn't see all them years where like you where he was grafting, grafting. You can't get to the top in your game like you was and like Harry was without putting the graft in, like getting in the car. It's a bit different now. Graft is a bit different. It might be watching yeah. videos, but yeah. like, he's so such a football man. You know, like you said, knew every single player in the, in the book. Like, that's so important. And that's why with myself, when I'm thinking about going into management, what I will do, but not until I'm ready to, to yeah. dedicate my whole life to it. My kids are young at the moment. But- yeah, this is God's honest. We, we, go, we go up up north on a Friday and Tramia Rovers used to always play Friday night. And if we if we travelled up anywhere near their ground, and I mean within an hour um, on a Friday night, he would not have dinner with the players. He'd grab yeah. me and we'd go across and watch a game. We'd go yeah. and watch Tramia. Um, and he'd watch that game and then we'd come back and he'd order something for us to eat when we got back after the game. And then obviously he had the game the following day. So, you know, he's been managing Bournemouth. So... He taught me a wonderful, wonderful lesson about, um, you know, what's needed. And it's relentless, Joe, it's a relentless, it is a relentless job. And it's a job that you have to go into and understand and recognise that if you're going to be successful, you know, you have to, well, I, I think it's less now because there's so many video analysis and, you know, videos of games and this, that and the other. You have to really, really, or we, we did, we had to really get out there and put the yeah. hours in. Do you think so? Just this is me just asking. This is like an, an interview for me now. Do you think now, like, we, like you said, with all the staff you would have, even at somewhere like Sheffield Wednesday or Stoke yes, staff group, yeah. and you got you got scouts? Do you think it's more about your relationships with the people, your, your your coaching staff and your recruitment staff and your directors? Is it more that rather than you doing it all yourself? Well, there's a, there's a massive ch- there's been a massive change over the period that I've managed it, and and one of the big changes, and one of the the, the, the changes that people haven't recognised yet, Joe, is the 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 amount of people between a manager now and the owner. Mm-hmm. And I think I think if you're going into football now as a manager, I would I would especially at the top level, whether it's the Championship or the Premier League, I would instead of having maybe two coaches with you or three coaches with you, I'd actually have a sporting director that came in with me and left with me. And that sporting director would work above me and work in line with the club sporting director, would work in line with the chief executive, would work in line with the chairman. So when Mm. things are not going so well, and I've been there, you know, when things are not going so well, you don't need the chairman telling you or or, or, or asking questions or telling you what's, you know, what's going on and what's not going on. What you need is someone there to protect you and to put your point of view over. I think Frank... At Chelsea, Frank Lampard is so so unfortunate. Yeah, that with what they did, you know, everybody's on about the new manager now. Frank put that that group of players together. Yes, there might have been a sticky patch, but Joe, there was always going to be a sticky patch. You can't bring as many foreign players in to a football club and think they're gonna. And I know they had a good start, which most probably hindered him a little bit as well. 
but they, they were going to be up and down a bit. Mm. From my point of view, there, there were some really good players that, the, that, the, that Frank had signed, but there was going to be an up and down period. And he needed someone to sit down with the people above him and say, listen, he's going to get this right. Yeah. They're, 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 they're bumping at the moment, but he's going to get it right. There's going to be a period of uncertainty. Now stick with him because yeah. he's the right man for the job. And I don't think managers have that now. You know, you look at what happened with Chris at Sheffield United and other people. Now, they're sporting directors at football clubs who are good people. But when you get a sack, they stay there. You're yeah. walking out of the door, they're tapping the next man on the back. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure that's right. No. I think that if you if you go into a football club now, you get a, your own sporting director that goes in and comes out with you. And that person knows if you're getting it, he's getting it. Yeah, yeah So we yeah. will work his socks off upstairs above you to manage that area. Absolutely. And we, uh, Absolutely. Tony, we've got to talk about Stoke. Uh, you were there for 10 years over two different spells. Yes. How much did you love it there? The chairman, um, Peter Coates, and the family, Denise, John, um, you know, Peter's wife, Deirdre, they're just absolutely wonderful people. You know, I've, I've, I never worked, you know, I had, I've had good chairman, but Peter, he understood me more than anyone else. He understood that I was very single-minded, very determined, very set in my ways. And he went away, you know, he went along with it. And, and if I stepped out the line, he was there to correct me and he corrected me in, in, a, in a proper manner. And in the end, and I've said this before, I lost my father very, very early on. Peter was almost like a father figure to me. And he would he would talk to me. He'd be the closest that anybody would speak to me and correct me, um, you know, next to my dad. And he'd do it in a really good wow. way. Yeah. Re- and a really good way. And a number of times, you know, he, he would say, come on, let's go out for a bite to eat. Um, and we'd go out. He'd get me a few drinks. He'd settle me down. And then he'd tell me, the club's view. Then he would explain what they were trying to do. Then he would do this, and um, you know, he was he was just you know, like I say, he was just a wonderful, and he is. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And you know, I, I know John's got more responsibility, but John again, the Coates family, I, I've got nothing but but admiration for him. And um, hopefully, one day they'll get back in the Premier League. Go on, Joe. You used to love playing against Stoke, didn't you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Like, we had Big Hoofy on. We had Big Hoofy on, my pal. And um, I should say to him, like, lining up against your team, it was like Jurassic Park, Tony. Like, they were huge. I've been looking up at them. And, like, they'd just be like, right, there he is, the full-back, six foot four. Yeah, there yeah. is the other one, look, six foot. Such a fit. And it was, like, it's a big, it's a compliment to play for. I don't think, I, I definitely didn't score a goal at Stoke. I don't think I had a good game when I played at Stoke ever. They, 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 they'd done a great, like... Just stopping Don't. your playing was the best, the best that the Premier League's seen. At, at, and that's an art form, by the way, which we don't see a lot. Defending, the art of defending, I feel it's not, yeah. you know, there's more goals. We lo- I love football now. I love the way it's played. And I would, I would thrive in this way yeah. of playing. But Tony's teams were so organized, so resolute, and just, they were giants. They were, they were men. Did you, you must have, you had, you must have had like a, a mandate or a, no, we, 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 did, did you only sign beefcakes? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, hey, we had uh, Pennant and Etherington playing wide. Would you say that that was your best side, that one, with Pennant and Everton on either side? Because you had to... At, st- at Stoke. They at were, Stoke, they yeah. Were, yeah, yeah, we've had a question of a doubt. I think that um, I, uh, Matty Phillips and Chadley at West Brom were good when we good finished 10th. Yeah. And, and really should have finished 8th that season. We, we lost the last couple of games and we were winning at Swansea with only five minutes to go and Swansea scored two goals in the last five minutes. If we'd have drawn, I think we would have been eighth or if, if we'd have won, obviously we'd have finished eighth. That, that was a good team. But the, the Stoke, when I, I when I took over at Stoke, when we, we, we got promoted, I'd rung Fergie up and I'd rung Steve Coppola up. And I, I spoke to Alex and Alex said, listen, you ain't going to win a lot of games away from home in the Premier League. I've looked at what you've got and what you'll have. Um, he told me quite a few things, actually, but he said, you've got to make the Britannia a fortress um, and you've got to do things that teams are not going to be comfortable with. One of the other things, great things he said as well, if any of the top six teams ever give you compliments, you're not doing it in the right way. Yeah. Because you've got to get, uh, yeah, you've got to get them to <clears> despise <throat> you and despise the way you play. And we, and we you know, we, we, we actually, what we turned, what we did, we turned it round and made it the area against the rest. Hmm. So wow. we got the crowd on side, Joe. So yeah. we said, listen, everybody, everybody is against Stoke-on-Trent. It's not just Stoke City Football Club. It's Stoke-on-Trent. And then all of a sudden, they turn up on a Saturday. And, you know, the way the crowd got behind the, the team was just extraordinary. You know, I can, I can remember games. I can remember playing Man City, beating Man City 1-0 with 10 men. James Beattie scored from a, mm. a cross just before half-time. Andy Wilkinson had been sent off just before... Uh, James had scored the goal. And that second half, you know, people said, oh, you did brilliant. How could you do that with 10 men against Man City? I said, no, it was 30,000 against 11 men. Yeah. You know, every challenge, every tackle, every pass that that team made that day, you know, the crowd was just extraordinary. And they yeah. stayed with us, Joe. And, and, yeah. and a go in there, you know, we built up this reputation, as you said. But behind the scenes, you will tell you, we were, we were a decent team. Yeah, we we had some we had some good players, but we never ever 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 talked about anything else but being big, strong, yeah. horrible to play against, set plays, and psychologically, I can remember talking to to Patrick Vieira at a coaching course. Patrick came, I did a, a coaching session. The Pat Patrick was on, and he waited afterwards to have a chat with me. He's a lovely, lovely. I found mm. him to be a lovely fella. And he said to me, he said, you know, Wenger was absolutely, absolutely psychologically struck in going to, to the Britannia. The long throw, he always, th- he always thought the grass was too long, the pitch was too narrow. You know, he mm. moaned and groaned like a drain. But when we went to the Emirates, the pitch was the biggest pitch in the league. The grass was cut like a bowling green, watered before, which yeah. it is too. <clears throat> so why moan about going to the Britannia when we're doing everything that suits us and he said to us he said I can remember one game we're playing you and he worked for the first time for the first time ever on defending long throws mm. and he said we turned up and Rory Zalap was on the bench <laughs> <laughs> and he said and you, still beat a, you beat us 3-1 so he said it was just you know it was just a psychologically you know Arsene had, had, had yeah, I found it difficult coming to the Britannia. Do you think, Tom, with a new, with a new rule changes and the way football's evolved now, do you think if you got a job in the Prem now, you would go 
would you look to do the same style, or would, it, or would you? It would depend what group of players you inherited. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a, there's a, there's been a real sea change, obviously, in 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 the change of the rules and everything else. And I think the 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 the, the biggest change for me is that you know people people want you know to to play around the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and I think if if I was you know, if I went into the Premier, I'd definitely press high. You know, I've always been one of them that's been. You know, we stay back and we stay nice and compact and we stay nice and solid. I think with the, the change of the rules and, and the way people want to play, I definitely press higher. Um, and when we got the ball, I'd play through the pitch quickly. Yeah. I think the if you look at the defending, sometimes in games and some of the goals that are scored is, is poor. And I think the reason being is because the games are so stretched now. Yeah. Um, and if you look at Leeds, I think Leeds do it fabulous. I think they play through the pitch. People don't understand and recognise. And, and this was a, a big thing with Liverpool's success as well. If you have a look at Liverpool's success, I think Liverpool hit more long diagonal passes within the Championship or within mm. the Premier title than any other team in the Premiership that year. And I think Leeds, if you watch Leeds, Leeds with two or three passes, they'll be through you. They don't play backward sideward no. square. Back to the goalkeeper, backward sideward square. Leeds yeah. either try and outnumber you on one side of the pitch or they'll have someone stood out right on the touchline on the other side and they go bang. Yeah. And then he runs down the pitch and they fill the goal and they get crosses yeah. in. You know, they, they, they're technically very, very good, but they play to a purpose and they play to play through the pitch. I love watching them. You know, yeah, they, me they, too. You know, and I've got to be honest, I've watched Burnley. I think what Sean's done at Burnley... You know, they play yeah. more football than what they've, they get credit for. <laughs> yeah. I think Chris at Sheffield United, I know it's not going well for Sheffield United this year, but last year I thought the football Sheffield United played was, was yeah. fantastic. And again, Joe, they're supposed to be a big, strong, British-type team. They played through the pitch and they played quickly through the pitch yeah, yeah. Um, and created opportunities and chances. Now, you know, there's, there's more than... I, I get really annoyed when people get stereotyped and, and say this is the only way we can do it. it. The Premier League is the best league in the world because it's got variation, it's got different styles, it's got different types. And we've got to keep that. We've got mm. to keep that going. It's, it's you know, it's, it's tribal. Clubs are tribal. And football can be... We, we don't want it to be stained with just one way. Man City are fabulous. You know yeah. they've got the best players. I think the I think Peppers is, is just you know enlightened everybody. You know obviously um, Klopp has, has been fabulous. Those clubs, but they've got the best players, Joe. Yeah, they've got, they've got the best players. Some of the best players in the world. You know they've got yeah. seven or eight top 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 players, um, top world players, and and they can do stuff that other teams can't do. But when you haven't got that strength, you've got to find a way of winning, yeah. and you've got to find a way of playing that will get you to win games. As I've done at all all the clubs I've managed, I've tried to play to the strengths that my teams have had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at all of those clubs you've managed, you've always been on the sideline wearing a cap. Yeah. What is the story behind the cap? I, I think it was the year that, um, that we, we actually won the league when I was at Gillingham. When we, we, that first year I was at Gillingham, I think I wore the cap a few times. And then it becomes, Joe will tell you what footballers are like, what managers are like. It just became superstitious. And, and uh, superstition as, as much as anything else. And then I started losing my air and it started, you know, playing up north, <laughs> it was a bit cold. So I thought, I'll keep the cap on, it keeps me nice and warm. But no, and, and I didn't want to get sunburned as I've done today. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it was, yeah, superstition more than anything else. 
Because Joe, you, you, Joe, you had a mad superstition, didn't you? I love this superstition. That, well, you can, you can, you can tell. Could, you, remind you, me, I've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't touch the ball, would you? In yeah, the yeah no, I wouldn't touch before. the ball. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. same yeah. thing. Probably bit of success. And I usually, I would usually go and get the ball and just play with the ball all the time. Yeah. And I didn't touch the ball once because whatever. I, we won. I scored or whatever. But right, I'm never touching the ball again in the change room. And then we went on a run. <laughs> And my mistake was telling the lads about I don't touch the ball. So like I'd be there and it'd be like a game of dodgeball. There'd be fucking balls flying at me like JT and Sing went at me and I'd just like spend out the way. And fucking, I used to go mad if one of them threw a ball at me and hit my ankle. Fucking, oh. yeah. So yeah. put me in my head. But then I had to get rid of it after that because it was just like the lads were just throwing balls. Like, yeah, I had to stop it. I've had, I've had some weird ones. What's what's the what's the maddest superstition you've seen in football? Because that that's up there uh, to, bo- to, bo- to both of you. That is no. Well, J- well, J- <laughs> just so it's JT. He used to only have five potatoes on his pre-match meal, right? And if he was hungry, he'd have to look for the the biggest ones. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember he's, like, he's, he's moving. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get out of the way! I won't get my dinner. And he'd be like, no, I've got to get the big ones. I'm only allowed to have five. I was like, like we're just potatoes. a weird bunch. We're a weird bunch. <laughs> just a weird bunch. Like, I can see it raging. If we had them little, like, Daffin Wah ones, where the tiny ones, he was gutted. He just had five of them. They're like that big. Well, so he wouldn't go for a cheeky six? No, six, no. five. That was five. It. Yeah, and he'd hunt the whole pan for the biggest ones. I don't know how this long this lasted, but it was definitely a thing at some point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're a weird bunch, Tubes. We're a weird bunch. <laughs> Yeah. What about what about you, Tony? What's the weirdest one you've seen? Uh, I've had uh, obviously suits, ties, and everything else. The, the one I had at um, Stoke for one season, um, driving in. I used to live just outside, and it was magpies, and it had to be even numbers. And if, if <laughs> honestly, yeah, it had to be even. I'd actually go round the roundabout <laughs> twice to try and even it up Can't before I got to the game. Fight. And honest, honestly, Joe, we we went we went to the cup final in two thousand and eleven. And I'm in the bus at the front of the bus and I'm frightened to death to look out the window just in case I see a magpie. And if I seen one, then I'd be, I'd be absolutely solid looking out of that window, open and praying that another one had come past or I'd see one in a tree just to make it an even number. But, yeah. Well, that's it. If I'm ever managing in the day, we got beat by Man City that day, so that magpie one went out of the window. I'll be like that. I'll be doing how many magpies if I'm managing against Tony? How many magpies you see today, Tony? Two. Here's another one. I'll have the kit man with one there. I'll be free. (laughs) He's done. (laughs) I've never told anyone about you know. I I was. I was. uh, It's. It's crazy, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Crazy. But I've seen like, exactly the same as you. I've seen people have so many different superstitions and get very, very annoyed, you know, if uh, if they were broken. Mm. Yeah. Crazy I've one, bunch. I've got one for you. I just remembered one. <laughs> Stuart Pierce, right? He was the best professional. When I was coming through at West Ham, we, and he had a, you know, before the days of phones and timers, he had like a cooking timer, an egg timer, and he'd set this thing, like it'd be like 10 minutes stretching. It'll ping eight minutes massage, whatever, ping. And it like, it get right the way up to a 25 past two when we're about to go out, right? And Johnny Moncur had got this egg timer and every time Piercy turned away, he'd like put it forward a couple of minutes. So by the time <laughs> he'd, what, he'd done this routine, so we, it's like about five past two. We're not warming till going out till 25 past two. Monksy's done his egg timer 
And his thing goes, and he's looking around like raging everyone for not being ready. He's like, come on, let's fucking go. The cab's gone piercing. We're not going out for 20 minutes. And he just lost the plot. I was going to say, you don't wind him up, do you? He thought it was Stephen Bywater because he was a joker. joker. He said, you, you fucking mess around my... But I, was, I didn't touch your head time, mate. <laughs> and it just went... <laughs> no one spoke to the game like that. Oh, mate, some, he had some... He was, he was a uh, intense character, Piercy. Absolutely love it. And also, Tony, on this show, we have a thing called What Really Happened, where people sort of let us know what they want us to ask you uh, about your career. And it was uh, quite an easy one, this one. Uh, four words. James Beatty. <laughs> naked. Fight. Uh, no comments. <laughs> Robert Hooper's on the other week. He's told us all about it. We want to hear your account. I'll leave it to other people to talk yeah. about that. Do you know what that tells me? If you're going to rob a bank, rob a bank with Tony Pulis. Yeah. yeah he ain't, he's not snitching. He ain't is dancing, he? No. Love him. He ain't a Bertie Smalls. <laughs> no, see, if, he's, if, he, if he's in prison and he sees an absolute sh- like shanking, he ain't saying anything, is he? He's just <laughs> keeping. Is. He's keeping stum. Nah, if he no. sees a shank, <laughs> Rykard, he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was Uzi anyway. Was he okay? Oh, he was brilliant, mate. He was brilliant. He's doing his um, it's like um, his qualification to be a sporting director of some sort description. He's back in Germany, but he's he's good. Oh, is he? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. he's back in Germany in Berlin with a family, and he's uh, yeah. he's on good form. He's on good form. Yeah, yeah. him and Ryan were, were absolutely outstanding for us. Yeah, we had Beg- we had Begovic and those two centre yeah. outs. Begovic had a great period at Stoke. Great goalkeeper. Yeah, you know, Tom- yeah, yeah. Thomas Sorensen was was very very good for us, and then Asmia came in and took. Took over the reins, and him, Robert, and uh, and Ryan were were excellent. They were a tremendous base. Tony, it's what question I want to ask you. Like, talk about characters. So, when I started in '99 to was it now 2021, yeah. right? So, your Shawcrofts and your Hoofs and your your players of that ilk, like who were happy to do their job, head the ball, defend. You know, you motivate yeah. them a certain yeah. way. But with the academy system, which we've both said is producing yeah. talents round, but it's it's not producing that type of character which you based your whole team around. So, yeah. if you went back in, would that be something for you to think about in terms of what type? Yeah, that, of, where, that, where are you going to find them? Basically, I've, I, I always, and especially at the start, I always, I always wanted character, character, character. Yeah, I always wanted um, people that you could rely on. So when they passed you in the corridor going out on the football pitch. You knew they were good people. They were good yeah. characters, and they do the best they possibly could for you. And um, you know that that was important. You know our training sessions at the clubs I've been at, um, and the, the period I had at Stoke, the four years I had at Gill- uh, Gillingham was brilliant. People did things properly, and um, you know at Stoke players players had sort things out. You know if we were doing, I can remember signing a, a player, and Glenn Whelan. Um, uh, we were playing and Glenn missed hit the ball out to him and he took, like shook his head put his hands up in the air and within 30 seconds we've got to pull you know trying to pull Glenn off him yeah. you know, Glenn, Glenn was going to kill him and he said to the kids <laughs> you know that doesn't happen at this football club if we make a mistake someone else helps us we don't moan and go and we don't throw our hands up in the air yeah. this team is a team and that, that was that was what you had Joe you built yeah. up a, a tremendous togetherness you know, I think I've, I've told the story. You know, at, at the end, you know, the last couple of years at Stoke, we couldn't get the players out of the... Well, Crouchy will tell you. You couldn't get the players out of the canteen. 
Yeah. You know, I'd go into the canteen at 2.30 and the lads would still be there chatting away yeah. and having a cup of coffee. And yeah, I used to say to them, have you, have you not got a home to go to, you <laughs> lot? Well, you know, get on, get out of it. But they enjoyed their, you know, they enjoyed their company, you yeah. know, and, and the team was so close together. It, it was wonderful. It was, you know, we had our moments. We had problems, you know, with competitive people. You'd have little bust-ups on the training ground and this, that and the other. But they were so together and so committed. And I think if you look at all the teams that I've had success at, you'd always have people in there with good characters. Mm. Never, never mind just good players, Joe, but good, yeah. strong characters who you knew when the going got a little bit tough, whether, you know, whether it was recovering from a couple of defeats or whether, you know, you were under the cost during games. Those lads just stick their chest out and do the best they possibly could for you. Mm. But the players yeah. absolutely loved you um, because you were so honest with them. You know, if they were having a nightmare, you would tell them you're having a nightmare. Is that is that something you, you're always done throughout your career, sort of thing? Were you always well, like, I, bang, I, I bang, think bang, bang? Yeah, I think I've always tried to be straight with people. I've always tried to be honest with people, irrespective. And I've always had this golden rule that the, the dressing rooms have have people. You know, they're, they, you know, who were who they perceive to be the the main people, the main players, and they would be the ones maybe at times that I'd go after, and I'd always go after them, thinking, well, if I if I dig him out and I have a right go at him, the ones who might think they're a little bit below him are looking at one another, going, oh my god, if he's going to do that to him, if I step out of line, what's he going to do to me? Yeah. So you know, I had that that um, thing in my mind that it was very very important that the. That, and Joe will tell you, there are players in the dressing room, they're, they're the leaders, they're the, they're the people that, you know, other players, you know, gyrate to. They were the ones at times that I would I, I would go after. Um, and I did it for a reason, in making sure that everybody knew, irrespective of who you were, what your name was, what your personality was, if you were going to step out of line, you, you were going to get it. You know, I, I had my favourites, you know, the lads used to cane one or two. Matty Edrington was a I've someone I always looked. I know Matty. I always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always looked after Matty. Matty was a, you know, was a, was a great lad. No, I, I, I was, yeah, I was a big, big fan of Matty Edrington's. So I'd protect Matty and look after yeah. him. Um, and there'd be others that I'd give stick to, and they'd look at me and think, "Oh, blimey!" If it was Matty, Matty'd get away with it. And they used to call him, you know, the gaffer's favourite yeah. and. You know, he can't do nothing wrong. Or I'd give them all a bollock and I'd go, apart from you, Matty. Seriously? <laughs> and everybody would look around and go, ever turn you so-and-so. Yeah. I bet he got absolutely pelted he, by he the other does, players, though. And he does still, I think. He does. <laughs> does he? Yeah. Well, I've heard it. I, I never remember. I did play with Matty for only under-16s with England. But I've heard yeah. that story. So yeah, I must yeah. have heard it from someone. Brilliant. And whilst we're having this chat, um, England are playing Poland um, as we speak. Uh, how do you think Gareth Southgate's done, Tony? I've, I've been really impressed with Gareth. I think Gareth has done um, has done a fantastic job. I think he actually suits the the England job. I think his temperament, the way he is, he's well spoken. Um, he's very well organised. I know Steve Holland. Steve Holland was at Stoke. Um, we took Steve um, from Crew, and he came in and had a, a short period of time with us. He's a good coach. Um, he, you know, he's a student of the game. So the two of them. Yeah, I like Gareth. Gareth. Gareth is an honest, genuine person mm. that you can, you know, you look at and you think, if he's going to make mistakes, there'll be honest, genuine mistakes. There'll be no yeah. angle to it. And no, you know, I don't know if you know him, Joe, but yeah, yeah I like him. I like yeah, him. Yeah, he's, um, 
you're right. He's got a tough streak to him as well. I played with Gareth when I first got in the England squad. And um, yeah, good. I bumped into him about about 18 months, two years ago in Miami. Uh, we had dinner. <laughs> so I've, I was had a few too many drinks and I'm sitting to him and I'm like, I'm, trying, I'm telling him who we should play for England and all that. And he's, he's gone to me. I was on this rooftop bar and I'm pissed and I've gone, I'll, tell, I'll give you the team, Gareth. Was this the team will win you the World Cup? And, I, and he goes, go on in. He's put it on me. Go on, I've gone, bang, him, 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 him. And I've said it with such confidence. He said, you fucking, you just named 12 players. I went, yeah. <laughs> I said, dude, that will win the World Cup then. <laughs> I was so drunk. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a good lad, but he's got a tougher... There's a tough streak in him as well. He's, um, yeah, and, and, he, and he needs that. Being yeah. the England manager, you need to be... You know, that, Everybody's waiting for you. They build, they build oh. you up. And then as soon as you dip, you lose a couple of games. You know, they're after you like nobody's business. And, um, you know, I, I actually sat with Graham Taylor... Um, when I was at West Brom, I met Graham in a in a um, little coffee bar, sat in with uh, yeah. Kempy, and he was in there with his wife. And the stick that Graham took when he was oh. England manager was just absolutely Disgusting. horrendous. And speaking to him with his wife there, you know, I still think Graham Graham years and years later still had scars mm. because he was a great patriot. He was a great Englishman in respect. Of, yeah, he was so proud to be English and so proud to have to have managed his country. And some of the treatment he got through the press and the media was just absolutely yeah. horrendous, really. And, and it can, you know, it, it can stain you for the rest of your life. And goodness knows, you know, we, ne- we never managed, and I haven't, or, or Graham didn't manage with social media. And I've only oh. caught the back end of it. And I don't even, I can't get on it. I don't understand it. I don't know what it's about. The problems I've had with players, if players have come in and mentioned it, I've always said, what are you doing on it? Yeah. You know, if you, if you, if you, all these people are saying stuff about you. What? Why? You know, they're, they're, mm. in my opinion, they're a bunch of herbits anyway. <laughs> so you know, if, if you're taking no notice of them, then you, you need shooting. You know, yeah. it's not your close friends. It's not your family. It's not people you yeah. know. It's yes. it's people outside that that your circle of friends, and so they right. shouldn't they shouldn't be if they shouldn't be able to affect you. Uh, absolutely yeah. spot on as well, Tony. Um, couldn't agree more, mate. And uh, going back to England, Joe. What do you make of the two defensive midfielders Gareth's playing at the moment? I just, I just think it's maybe it's something he's, he's going to for these few games. I don't think Gareth settled on the team. That's, I mean, looking at it, and I'm looking at you've got Stones and Maguire, haven't you? Yeah. In there. I think the rest, Rice maybe has established himself. I don't know how Henderson, I just think. The, the, certainly in attacking Harry Kane, obviously, but everyone else is up for grabs, isn't it? Like there's so many, so many of them performing. It's a it's a manager's dream. Everyone who plays is doing a job, whether it be Foden, Sterling, uh, Grealish when he come in and played, Rice Mount's been outstanding. We've got we've got about nineteen right backs who are world class. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's a great yeah. problem to have. Absolutely, and, and obviously you're a proud Welshman. Um, yes, great, great result against Czech Republic. Great result the other night. Yeah. Are you confident you can Wales go to the World Cup? Well, I, I, I think Paige has done a smashing job. Obviously, Ryan's not there at the moment, and we, we hope that situation is resolved as quickly as possible. But Paige has done a great job. You have a look at the results he's got previous and the, and the last two games as well. And, and you know, I watched them against Belgium, and with a little bit more, they, they, they're a little bit weak on experience. It's only, it was only Gareth the other night who, who had the experience. You know, they're missing Ramsey, Allen, and people of that ilk. 
who can give them that experience in the bigger games. I think if, and, and it looks as though it might go to the Belgian game, and that's the last game in Cardiff. I think if they play that game, and it's, you know, it's, it could be the winner takes takes all, that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Wales at nine to four to qualify for the World Cup with Coral. Absolutely. And just a, just a quick one because we've got to move on to the predictions. Gareth Bale says he's going back to Real Madrid. Is he completely wasting his time doing that, going back to Real Madrid? I think he has to say it. I think he has to. That's his uh, another club, and I think he has to say he's going to go back. Do you think he will? Uh, personally, I think I think Gareth is playing the game. Um, that's what I think. I think he's playing a game. He knows that he can't say he doesn't want to go back. He's under contract. Um, he's got, what is it, another year left there. Will he see it out? Only time will tell. But uh, I, don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he will. I, I love Gareth Bale. I absolutely, like, uh, my back end when he had that emerging year, season was my, one of my last seasons in the Premier League. And he played it, he was stunning against, um, Back when I was back at West Ham. For me, if I'm Gareth Bale, I'm going to go right. Go go somewhere for your family. Make a family decision now. You know what I mean? Listen, he'll have his, he's, he's had all the money in the world. He looks like he loves football. Yeah. Come home. Come home. Come and play football, whether it be at Tottenham or wherever, you know, or, or go to Miami. He's, he's a genius. The, the greatest British export. He's won four Champions League, scored one yeah. of the greatest goals of the fight. It, he's been an unbelievable export for the game for Britain and Wales and just I just want to see him enjoy his football I don't like seeing him on the bench I don't it's like just, seeing him on the bench he needs to play we need to see him it's disgraceful how he gets treated out there it's like you said four Champions League it's like and he's just I can't believe how badly he's treated yeah I've, I've yeah for, for me I can't respect a club like Real Madrid for the way they treat players like that you know for what they've done for him they, and it's not just Gareth but you've seen it with other players over the years I don't know what's going on there you know, I'm, listen, I'm never going to manage Real Madrid, so it don't matter. So I'll say what I want. <laughs> yeah, say what you want. But yeah, yeah. Listen, like, no, I'm not having them. I'm not. Oh, I've got to go oh, careful, Terrible. Phil, just in case they come in for me. <laughs> yeah, true, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got the sporting director role. You like that one? But Tony, imagine you out there just calling them all Herbert. Uh, yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Ronaldo, as, yeah, as long as it was in English. <laughs> right, love it. We've got to move on to predictions. Right. Games of the weekend. Uh, so we we'll start with you, Villa Fulham. I don't, I don't think uh, you know if Grealish is fit, I'll go Villa. If he's not, then it's a closer game because Fulham could get a draw or a win. Do you think Fulham will stay up? Uh, no, I think no. the bottom three are the bottom three. Right, really? Okay. Right, Joe Villa Fulham. Uh, who are you going for? Again, I think Jack's back. I'm going to go. I'm going to bet with me, me heart here. I'm going to go Fulham with Scotty being my pal. Um, and they need to start winning now, don't they? 11 to 10 to be relegated with Coral. So, this, you know, I'm going to go Fulham. Right. Uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Tony. Liverpool. What? Away? Away yeah. to... Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Joe? Liverpool. I just think... Uh, I've just watched Arsenal last few weeks. I've watched them up. But I just think they're so bitty. I think Liverpool, without Champions League quarterfinals and semi they've got a route to the final now. I think it'll engage the players' minds because they're great players, you know. So I fancy Liverpool's going a little run now. Do you think Liverpool get top four, guys? 
No, not but sure. I, I not don't, sure. but I think they'll. I, I, I think they're going to go to the to the Champions League final. Um, yeah. At least, the, at least the semis. At least the semis. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to call it now. Chelsea are going to win it. I hope you're right, Tubes. I hope you're right. As good a chance as any. Absolutely. And the final one: Leicester versus Man City. Tony. <laughs> Man City. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I think I think Brendan's done a fabulous job there, but Man City. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, I think Brendan's done a great job. I'm going to go with with a draw, and I, just to be just to make it interesting. I think I'm running away with the predictions and our tubes of all against the guests. Have you got the uh, scores there? I haven't. I haven't been given the scores. <laughs> now. After ask, after, oh. ask Big, after ask Big Tom D when he comes back next yeah, week. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm useless. I'm useless at predictions. So I'm yeah. giving it to you, Joe, before they even kick <laughs> off, mate. <laughs> But I do know James Collins beat you last week. Oh, God, did he? Oh, you <laughs> had James on, did you? Yeah. Mate, it, this is, well, Tony's a Welshman. He's telling us about this lovely pub in, on the, the halfway house near Swansea where he said, uh, Johnny Arson. He never Arson. got past it, did he? Yeah, he said, he said, uh, Johnny <laughs> Arson took, <laughs> he said, he said, he said, they went there and you put, he said he took, John Arson took Ben Thatcher there one trip. He said, you put your name in a pot. Isn't it right? And if someone picks out the two names in the pot, and you've got to go out and have a punch up, I think that's not a boozer I want to go to. Do not bring me there. I'll be putting, yeah, put my name in Cyril, Cyril, Cyril. There's no chance. Uh, uh. And on that note, Tony Furious, thank you so much. Legend, thank you. Uh, Tony. How's it, how are England so getting good. on anyway? Let us yeah. know. How, how are England, boys? Of course oh, we are. Oh, Favourites for the Euros. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come anyway, on, boys. Cheers, lads. Thank cheers, you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Bye, bye, bye. That was fun, wasn't it, Joe? What a top bloke. Tony Pulis, mate. Legend. What You could have picked his brain all night. I just felt like I was asking him questions, you know, that which for my brain, when, I, when the time comes for me to step into management, you know, you, wisdom, knowledge, and that story, I think the story about Harry Redknapp and him getting on the road. You know, Rothman's book. Rothman's book, looking at all them games. Like people see these characters and they're like, you know, they just think, yeah, they got there. There's so much work that goes into it, like to get to that level. I just quickly, I want to throw something in here, Troops, and I don't want to mess this up, right? But oh. someone says something, Picasso, right? The yeah. artist, yeah? yeah at yeah, the end yeah. of his life, he needed a few quid. So people were coming up to him and he was just sketching something for two minutes, signing it and give it to him. And a woman said to him, she said to him, well, well that's rubbish. It just took you two minutes to do that. He went, yeah, but that's a, it didn't take me two minutes. It took me a lifetime. Perhaps, yeah. I'm saying, it's a lifetime of work. I like it, Joe. Go on. I like, I'm just dropping bombs every now and then. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know. Did, did you, also, did you like my performance today, though? Uh, you know, did, I do, did I do your proud gaffer? Do you know, you're coming in the dressing room now. <laughs> I'm giving you a big hug. I'm saying, go and enjoy yourself tonight. Kingston what was that nightclub you used to go to Oceanas Oceanas get yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. down there <laughs> two for one enjoy yourself you've done a great job you're in the team next Saturday yeah so you're looking forward to Tom D you're coming back next week yeah mate we need to get all of you This we need to grow this pod this needs this This could be one of them like Zoom things you see where there's like loads of people just piling in just, oh, cr- mate, just craziness loved- I love it nah but Gaffer thank you so much for having me I absolutely loved it uh, and Everyone, thanks for listening, and you've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. See you later. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.